Welcome to the Heart of a Friend. This is Andy Wygand. I believe that we are destined for more than what we have become. This is the third of three episodes explaining a simple approach to a better life. In part one, I ask two questions. What do you think is the one thing that you could do to create greater happiness in your life? And two, what is the one thing you could do to make a more significant impact for good on our world? The answer isn't complicated or hard to understand. In the words of John, a follower of Jesus, Dear friends, let us love one another. Love is not an emotion, it's a choice. Love is doing what's best for another person, whatever it takes, regardless of how we feel. Now, if we do what's best for another person, whatever it takes, two magical things begin to happen. First, something slowly begins to change inside of me. A decision to love can lead to a feeling of love. We can act our way into the right feelings. When I act as if I love other people, even when at the moment I might not feel it, my heart begins to soften and change. Feelings of love begin to slowly rise in my heart. But there's more. In part two, I explained that not only does something begin to change inside of me, but something begins to change inside of the other person. The law of reciprocity kicks in. We reap what we sow. Nine times out of ten, if we demonstrate love to another person, we're going to get love in return. Doing what's best for another person, whatever it takes, will not only change us, it will change them. It works in marriage, it works in churches, it works in schools, it works in businesses, it works in any other kind of organization. In every setting where people interact with each other, it works, and life becomes better for everyone. Making the decision to love others changes us and it changes them, and it will eventually change the world. It's a simple approach to a better life and a better world. But the $64,000 question is, how can we get better at doing this? Loving one another is something that many of us haven't been able to do very well. So what practical steps can we take to get better at doing this? Let me suggest two. First, slow down. There's a story about a conversation that John Ortberg had with Dallas Willard. John Ortberg is an author, pastor, and speaker. He had the privilege of a long-term friendship with Dallas Willard, who was a professor, a Christian thinker, and author who passed away in 2013. He was also a mentor to many in the Christian community. One day, John Ortberg asked him, What is the one thing I need to do to go deeper in my relationship with Jesus? Dallas Willard paused and then said simply, You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. I think this wisdom applies directly to the question we're talking about in this episode. How can we get better at loving one another? Slow down. We're always in a hurry. John Ortberg puts it this way. Love takes time, and time is the one thing that hurried people don't have. Again, 
Love takes time. And time is the one thing that hurried people don't have. One of the primary reasons we're not any better at loving one another is because we're always in a hurry. And love takes time. We're love-starved, so to speak, because we're time-starved. So to become more loving, we need to slow down. Most of us want to be more loving, but we're always in a hurry. We want to be more patient and kind toward others. Our hearts are in the right place. But we are too often irritable, impatient, and unkind because we're always in a hurry. Committed to a 120% lifestyle. So for instance, I only struggle with road rage when I'm late and haven't left enough time to get to an appointment. I only get annoyed at the clerk in the checkout line at the store when I'm in a hurry. I only snap at my wife or my kids when they interrupt me because I've made no allowance in my schedule for interruptions. When I'm overbooked, I have no margin, no capacity to handle the unexpected, no physical and emotional reserve to respond meaningfully to the needs of others. For those attempting to grow in love, hurry is deadly. It's toxic. It's kryptonite. Love and hurry are two mutually exclusive lifestyles. If slowing down is an essential prerequisite to love, then how? How do we do that? Everybody is different, but here are a few generic suggestions that have helped in my own life. First, give priority to your major goals. Start saying no to other commitments that don't contribute to the achievement of your own top priorities. In other words, stop filling your schedule uncritically. Be more selective about what you take on. There was a famous jazz musician who once said something to the effect, The most important lesson I ever learned was what music not to play. Saying yes to loving other people means saying no to a lot of other things. Or as Big Bird famously said, if you want to play the sax, you have to put down the rubber ducky. Stop majoring in the minors. Give priority to your major goals. Second, Limit your screen time, the amount of time that we spend on TV, the internet, and social media. This should be obvious. Most of us waste enormous amounts of time on one or more of these, and it reduces the time we have for other people and things. So limit your screen time. And third, build margin into your weekly schedule. Pre-schedule your life to 80 or 90% rather than 110 or 120%. Be more realistic about the amount of time stuff takes. Hint, it always takes more time than we think. When there is a margin, we can begin to see interruptions as opportunities. We can begin to build a physical and emotional reserve which allows us to invest more in other people. Build margin 
into your days and weeks. So give priority to your major goals, limit your screen time, build margin into your days and weeks. It's simple, but it's not easy. To do these things is to be countercultural. It means going against the flow, swimming upstream, being a nonconformist. But the stakes are high. Loving one another, doing what is best for another person, whatever it takes, is the single most important thing we can do to increase our happiness and satisfaction in life and make a difference for good in the world. And in our particular generation, I'm convinced the single most important thing we can do to make it easier to love one another more consistently is first, slow down. Second, look for opportunities to serve other people. When we're not consumed by the pressure of checking all the boxes on our own agenda, we can give more attention to the needs of others. There's a short prayer that I often make at the beginning of the day. Lord, help me be sensitive to the needs of one person today with whom I can share your love in word or deed. This helps to program my heart to be alert to the opportunities when they arise, and they often do. The opportunities are all around us. I'll never forget the statement I once heard. Be kind to everyone you meet because everyone you meet is fighting a battle. There's not a person we encounter who's not struggling with something big in their personal life. A smile, a word of encouragement, a gesture of kindness, an offer of help, or a patient listening ear can make a huge difference in someone's life today or tomorrow. So, be kind to everyone you meet because everyone you meet is fighting a battle. You and I are each uniquely positioned in our network of relationships to make a difference, one person at a time. My, li- my wife and I adopted two young boys from Russia over 15 years ago. I remember reading at the time and have never forgotten the words. One person can't change the world, but you can change the world for one person. Why not make it our ambition to live each day as if we can change the world for one person? In the words of William Penn, I expect to pass through life but once. If, therefore, there be any kindness I can show or any good thing I can do to any fellow being, let me do it now and not defer or neglect it, as I shall not pass this way again. So first, slow down. And second, look for opportunities to serve other people. These are first steps on the path to loving other people. These are first steps toward living a life that is happier and more satisfying. These are first steps toward making a bigger difference in our world for good. First, slow down. Second, 
Look for opportunities to serve others. There's a tradition about John, the disciple of Jesus, handed down to us from Jerome, a 4th century scholar, who is best known for translating the Bible into Latin. Quote, When John lived in Ephesus to extreme old age, he could only, with difficulty, be carried to the church in the arms of his disciples. He was unable to give utterance to many words. He used to say no more at their meetings than this. Little children love one another. At length, the disciples and fathers who were there, wearied with always hearing the same words, said, Master, why do you always say this? His reply, It is the Lord's command. And if this alone is done, it is enough. End quote. If this alone is done, it is enough. To create greater happiness and satisfaction in your life, to make a more significant impact on our world, love one another. If this alone is done, it is enough. It's a simple approach to a better life. This passage in John's first letter, Dear Friends, Let Us Love One Another, is only the opening sentence of the paragraph. The next lines read, For love is from God, and he who loves is born of God and knows God. But the one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. I want to explore in next episodes two great themes here in these words. I will address the the big mistake people make about God and the big mistake people make about the church. And there will be a special supplemental episode addressing the question, if God is love, why then is there so much evil and suffering? in the world. Please continue to join me. Remember, we are destined for more than what we have become. This is From the Heart of a Friend.